Welcome to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast, where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness for women to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. And now, your hosts, Laura Jackson and Amanda Quinn. All right, guys. So um, as you know, I have the amazing Deborah Welton joining me today. She is going to be chatting with us a little bit more about just, you know, how to become this modern lady. <laughs> and so I love this. And I love this idea of like just understanding exactly what that means. So Deborah, why don't you just like jump into this and first just start off by telling us like your story about how you went from this idea of loathing your life to loving your life. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today, Amanda. I'm really excited. It's a pleasure. pleasure So I would say that, you know, several years ago, I I was really in a place where I was very frustrated with almost every area of my life from my style, my wardrobe. I just had no consistent style, no look that was personally me. I was working a job I didn't like. And in my personal relationships, I just felt like I was not really fulfilled. I I was not enjoying an enriched life. And so just having a a regular feeling of being unsatisfied with the day-to-day mundane activities, um, that really motivated me to make a dip, to take some some different action and, and make a change. And so, after months of just going round and round, feeling stuck in a rut, I decided to actually take action. And so that was in fall of 2014. And what I ended up doing was really spending a year of of time investing in myself and and going on a journey of self-discovery. And so what that looks like was, um, you know, working with um, counselors and therapists and life coaches. I um, certainly was reading a lot about women, um, self-help, personal development, um, a lot of women empowerment books to help me just really find not only my purpose, but really discover and create the realm of a life within my personal power. And so what I call that now is feminine power when you have the ability to be the best version of yourself, to live the best version of your life. And what I've learned over all of the years and and all of the different um, resources and investments I've made in myself is that there's so much power by living in intention. Mm -hmm. So when you are very specific and intentional with the choices that you make for what you say, what you think, what you eat, what you wear, you can really be very proactive in in creating a life that you'll truly love and cherish. (laughs) No, and that's so cool because, you know, I do think that that's one area that a lot of women don't really think about is like how those smaller or what seems like smaller decisions like what you eat or what you wear like they think they seem like they're just like you know not as important decisions and you know I think it's interesting that those things would actually begin to affect your psyche because I do believe that because I know for me when like I work from home I usually wear like you know like leggings and like t-shirts like every single day like this is just how I live and like I notice though when I go out and you get dressed up how different you feel right like how you all of a sudden when you put makeup on or when you do your hair or whatever like just how it elevates you and how different it makes you feel from a self-esteem standpoint so it's like 
of course, those little decisions throughout your day would affect your overall self in some ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where the power really lies because when you have that level of higher confidence, you're going to be a different person. When you're more confident, you're going to take on projects and assignments, even if you're not necessarily comfortable or self-assured in them, you're going to take more risks. You're going to raise your hand at work for the projects. You're going to take on leadership opportunities. That's really where there's a huge difference from a professional perspective between women and men is that women do typically lack the confidence that men have. And so in a lot of ways, um, we are looking for permission. We don't have to have permission. It's just about really being able to own and embrace who you are and be comfortable sharing that with the world. And so what I find is that through mindset, social skills, um, style and wardrobe, those are different areas that you can make some adjustments to really give yourself that added boost, that, that added extra touch and dose of, of confidence to really help you accomplish all the goals that you have. Awesome. Now, I know later I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about wardrobe and stuff because I definitely need help in that area as well. But <laughs> one thing I do want to talk about is just that whole low self-esteem standpoint. Like, why do you think it is that so many women suffer from low self-esteem? And what are the top three things or tips that you would suggest women look at or do to help boost that self-esteem that they can do instantaneous? Sure. Well, low self-esteem has definitely been an issue for women for decades upon decades, but I think that in 2019, in the world of social media, it's probably uh, yeah. much more um, impactful now. So mm -hmm. I, I think that certainly because of the media, um, in addition to social media, the, the two added elements of of um, comparison, looking at other people, and then we go home and look at ourselves in the mirror, or we look at our situations, and the grass is always greener, right? So it's this idea yeah. of, well, this person has that, and I wish I, you know, had their life, or looked like them, or had their success, or ex et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. I certainly think that, you know, for women to increase their self-esteem, it really starts from within and you really have to get to know yourself. I think self-discovery is so important because that leads to self-love. And when you don't love yourself, you can't really honor and cherish yourself in a way that will best support your confidence in any area of your life, whether it's personal or professional. And so one of the things I think a, a woman can do to increase her self-esteem is certainly just spending time, um, getting to know herself, get to know your strengths and be able to leverage those rather than apologizing for flaws or weaknesses. Leveraging your strengths is incredibly powerful. Um, I think another way to increase self-esteem is certainly focusing on the, the good things that you have in your life. So instead of looking and a particular day and thinking about the 15 things that went wrong, focus on the 15 things that went right or the five things that you did well, or the one conversation or one presentation that you just hit out the park. And I think 
it's a shift of perspective, right? So a lot of times we often are, are thinking and focusing on the worst or areas for improvement. But if we focus on the best and the areas that we really excelled in, it, it would really help us to have much more confidence within ourselves and be able to carry ourselves with, with a higher level of self-esteem um, in every area. And then the third thing that would really help with self-esteem is, um, you know, gratitude journaling. I think focusing on different areas that you're grateful for, um, just it it can be something very simple. Um, Waking up in the morning, your family, your friends, your income, whatever it is that you can, you know, be grateful for and carry that level of gratitude having a focus on, on all of the amazing things in your life will certainly help you to feel much more accomplished and, and powerful and positive. And so that's actually something I recommend women to do every day is to just spend a few minutes writing down things that you're grateful for. And sometimes women have asked me the question, well, what if it's the same 10 things every day? That's wonderful. Those are 10 things to be grateful for. So I think it's all about shifting the perspective from, you know, the negative to the positive. And when you start to do that about yourself and about your surroundings, your situation, your experiences, every other area will elevate to the next level. Agreed. Now, when it comes to gratitude journaling, I just have a question because I do know that this is an area that um, I have heard some people struggle with, so I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I have my own, but I'd love to hear yours as well. Like, you know, one of the areas that I find people sometimes struggle is that they think in order for me to be grateful for this, I have to be to that. I have to be at my end goal. And if I'm not at my end goal, then I'm not really grateful for the process, right? Like they'll think like, oh, well, rather than thinking, for example, oh, I'm grateful for, you know, um, having this, you know, beautiful home. It's like, oh, but it's not my dream home. Or I'm so grateful for my body to be healthy and strong to take me through this process called life. But then they're like, oh, but it's not where I want it to. I still want to lose 10 pounds. So it's almost like they, they can't be grateful for the process or they can't be grateful for the moment that they're in right now. How do you shift that? And do you agree that that sometimes gets people caught up in understanding gratitude and how do you shift that mindset? Well, that's a really interesting perspective, Amanda, and that's actually something I, I'm not um, too familiar with hearing from. So that's that's I'm really glad you shared that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, for so many women that are forward thinking and, and very ambitious, it's easy to get caught up in where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But the the focus around gratitude is really looking at your current situation, waking up in the morning and saying, what am I grateful for today right now? No yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. So if you're grateful for you know, waking up in the morning, even if you have a runny nose, I mean, you can still <laughs> be grateful that you've woken up, right? Right. So I think, um, you know, I, I think that there's incredible power in being able to stop a sentence or a phrase after you have answer the question. So if, if the question is, what am I grateful for? And it's, I'm grateful that I have a beautiful home with my family. There's no, but that's where you stop. But my whole, but I need to remodel the bathroom. Like, no, we're not going there. You just stop with answering the question. What are you grateful for? And then you're done because we all have different things that we want to improve. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about life is that in general, most of us are looking to 
be very progressive. We want to get to the next level. We want the next set of accomplishments, right? But it's just so important to, um, when you're carrying a level of gratitude, really focus on being mindful and being present in the moment. And so, you know, maybe instead of focusing on so many tangible things, a good place to start would be to focus on intangible things like having peace in your heart or being able to wake up feeling joy or, um, you know, having your family in your home and the fact that your children are, you know, doing well in school. These are, there are so many different ways to really focus on gratitude and really use the power of gratitude. Um, but I think it's, it's really easy to get caught up in the next, the next goal, the next accomplishment. But if we can be much more present and mindful about where we are now, just answering the question, what am I grateful for today? Then that can help us to kind of reposition and refocus our mindset to really have that level of, of gratitude with no strings attached. Yeah. No, I, I really love that. I love that statement. Just stop the sentence before the but, essentially, because that's that really is it. Stop it when you answer the question, because that's really, that is where people are just getting caught. They're getting stuck. So Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. That. Now, how do you yourself, because I know that you did go through your own transformation, how do you yourself stop that self-sabotage mindset. Cause I know, I mean, I have went through, you know, over, I had seven years of therapy, like working with a one-on-one therapist, a mindset coach, doing all this work on myself to understand sort of, you know, the things that I need to work through to be able to live at my highest level or to continue to work towards living at that level. Now, I mean, for me, it was, it's so important to do that work, but then there are moments that you feel like you're getting pulled back um, like 10 steps, you know, how do you personally stop that self-sabotaging mindset? If it even creeps up for you anymore? I know for me, it still does. It's just not as frequent, right? But um, what do you do in order to, to manage that? Oh, absolutely. And I, I certainly want to endorse therapy. It's the best thing ever. (laughs) I know. I like, I I like love it. Even when I feel like I'm not really like having issues per se, like for lack of a better word, it's like, I just like having that, like that sounding board, right? Like just to have a conversation with someone that is outside of like your people that you can just talk so freely and openly about everything and anything and have someone just kind of listen intently and give you some feedback on it from a different perspective. I think it's, I think it's amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. It's, it's Mm -hmm. the big picture perspective, you know, someone who's not involved in the situation that can give you just unbiased feedback or sometimes it's no feedback at all. It's just listening. I think that's so incredible and it's, it's amazing. Um, You know, certainly I think that we all have a level of Um, self-sabotage and it's really born from our self-talk and so this is something that personally has helped me and I I also use this with my clients but I talk about um, the two you know inner critics that we have like the idea of a, a positive conscience and a negative conscience and typically the two different perspectives that can really drive and motivate our self-talk, the the different things that we are thinking throughout a day and and what we're telling ourselves. And so when you notice that the self-talk you are hearing or speaking to yourself um, is negative, you can start to really question that. 
Like you turn in for, for, as an example, you turn in a project or an assignment at work and then you're just walking back to your desk thinking, that is awful. I rushed those charts and the formatting was horrible. You can start to ask yourself and really question, was it awful? Like were the charts really that horribly formatted or did I just, you know, rush a few things, but it truly wasn't the worst job I've ever done on a report. So I think it's really important to challenge whenever you hear a lot of negativity within your mind, because a lot of times we are all our toughest critic, and it's very, very easy for us to constantly beat ourselves up. Women do this all the time, and I think the reason why is because we carry so much weight on our shoulders. We are managing families and careers and homes and households and parents and children, and it's just, it's so much on our plate that for a lot of us, we want to excel in every area and, and be, you know, perfect and, and, and achieve that, that level of perfection and excellence. But, you know, instead of really focusing on, on beating yourself up and, and some of those really negative thoughts and ideas, it's so powerful to shift that perspective by really challenging the negativity that you're hearing. And so that is something that, um, you know, if I walk away after, completing a task or if I'm just sitting, reflecting on something and I start to hear negativity in my mind, I really do question it because sometimes um, it's, it's really from a place of, of destructive criticism and not constructive criticism. And so um, it's all about really being able to be very in tune with the thoughts that you're having and, and really manage those accordingly. It's so important to first be aware of what you are listening to and, and how you are feeding yourself within yourself, talking those thoughts. And then when you need to make adjustments, you know, you're able to do that effectively. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's so true. It really is just about understanding it and paying attention to it as well. Now, changing directions just a little bit, because I do want to talk a little bit more about, you know, you are the CEO of The Modern Lady, and you speak a lot on your site and about what it is that you do. You, you speak a lot about living with elegance and class and being very chic. Now, I don't consider myself to be very chic, <laughs> but now I, I do have a question for you, though. Do you think, do you feel as though living with elegance, class, and being chic, does that come from inside or is that outside or is that both, like a combination of the two? What is your sort of definition of of living in that state? Yes, that's a wonderful question. So I think in terms of living with elegance, it's certainly uh, very internal. And when you're able to internally live and think a certain way, you can externally manage your surroundings with your actions and interactions. But it really starts from within. And, you know, for, for a lot of women that don't really quite understand what an elegant mindset is, it's very simple. It's quite honestly just being very optimistic and, and positive. Not that life is always perfect with sunshine and candy and rainbows. That's certainly not the case. But, um, you know, there's a, a wonderful quote, and I'm going to try to remember it. It was um, by Winston Churchill, and it was a pessimist looks for the difficulty in every opportunity, but an optimist looks for the opportunity in every difficulty. Mm. I hope I've, I've gotten it correctly. Um, I just read it over the weekend, but it's one of my favorite quotes because quite honestly, when you are living with a view of optimism, 
it's just going to improve everything else in your life. How you think about yourself will be much more enhanced, which means that you're going to, you know, feel better about yourself. You'll be nicer to other people. You'll take care of yourself and continue to enjoy that, that self care. And so that'll help you to be much more productive and successful. And so this life of elegance is really about, um, you know, above everything else, it's about truly being beautiful inside as, as a woman in terms of how you treat yourself, how you treat others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything else falls into place after that. Um, you know, I certainly have a, a very, I would say, quote unquote, new school view on being elegant. I don't think that to be elegant, you have to always look a certain way. There's no model to fit. You don't have to wear A-line dresses and heels every day and your hair with long barrel curls. <laughs> that, that just happens to be my style, but that is not the only way to look elegant. <laughs> I feel like that's just how I present. <laughs> that is certainly not the only way to look elegant. I think it's really about having confidence, really being able to own who you are and, and be able to share that um, tastefully with others. So, you know, this, this idea of an elegant lifestyle is, is really at the heart and the core of it is about just living a, a positive and a beautiful and inspiring life for yourself and for others around you. So it doesn't have to be external only focused on, because whenever I hear the word personally, whenever I hear like, you know, elegant and chic, I always think of people like, like you said, like, you know, dress like, um, I think about like New York models when they're like, they look elegant and beautiful, even when they're just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt kind of thing, but it's just the way that, they, but I think you're right. It's just the way that they carry themselves, right? Like it's, you see them in like pictures and they just look so elegant still. And I'm like, if I wore that, I would not look like that, <laughs> but it's like, it's about how you carry yourself, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, you know, one of the common misconceptions um, about elegance is, you know, that it's only external, right? And so the mm -hmm. idea of wearing makeup and lipstick, and that's the only way to be elegant. But one of my favorite quotes by Coco Chanel is elegance when the Elegance is when the inside is as beautiful as the outside. And so there are so many women that I have seen and met and connected with over the years that they may have an appearance of being well-dressed, but they're not elegant in terms of how they act and interact with others. Right. And so it's really about carrying yourself with a level of, of poise and grace, which really does come from that level of being optimistic and inspiring for yourself and for others. So it, I truly believe it starts from within. <laughs> No, and that's wonderful. That's that's good news for someone like me, I think. Now, but what do you do with clients? Like when, when you do have a client that comes to you and says, okay, like I do, I want to find that side of me, that elegant side, that chic side. I want to learn how to implement these things. What are the, some of the things that you do in the initial stages when you begin working with a client to help them sort of tap into that side of themselves? Absolutely. That's a wonderful question. And it, it typically does start with mindset. So mm -hmm. 
mindset is really, really important. It's the foundation of, of our lives, truly, because everything that we are thinking is going to influence and motivate um, our feelings, our emotions, and our actions and interactions. And so it starts mm -hmm. with the mindset because typically most women that um, come to me are, are lacking that self-confidence. They have pretty low self-esteem. And so it's really about being able to help you discover who you are as a woman, what makes you special, how you can define yourself without a familial title. So many of us are defined by being wives and mothers, and that's wonderful. That's certainly a huge part of who you are. There's no doubt about that, but you're also a, a woman. You're also a person with different interests and passions and hobbies, and so uh, the starting point of what I do to work with clients is really help women to make themselves a priority. That's through, um, you know, the power of, of mindset techniques, and then also being able to really embrace self-love and, and go on a journey of, of adding self-care in. Because typically, if, if a woman is very self-aware of, of who she is and she loves and embraces who she is, she's going to take care of herself, then confidence is, is a constant. It's not something that's missing. And so those are some of the, the starting pieces. Um, we do a lot of internal work before we do anything external around social skills or wardrobe. But it's funny because most women come to me wanting to start with wardrobe. That's not <laughs> where we should ever start. We have to start with mindset first. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, I do agree with that because I 100% I agree that your confidence is like it doesn't matter what you're wearing if you don't. Like I said to you, if I was wearing the exact same thing as one a model walking on a runway, I wouldn't look the same because I wouldn't carry it the same because I don't have that same level of confidence that they would have, right? Even though I'm confident in myself and in my abilities, it's just, it's a, it's a different level, I think. But one of the questions I do have, I know that you're saying everyone wants to jump to this, and I do, I want to jump to this question about work. <laughs> I do think... I do think that this is an area that, you know, being an expert, being someone who knows this, what are, like, is some of the pieces, the classic pieces that you feel every woman should have in their wardrobe, even if they are someone like me who is working from home? Because like I said to you, I really just, you know, I, like, I actually went on a work trip recently. Um, we went to a conference in Nashville and I struggled because I was like, uh oh, I don't like all I wear for the past. I've worked from home for nine years. And like, all I own is like my work from home clothes because I only have a couple of outfits that I wear when I go out. And then outside of that, I'm like, I just wear the same things that I wore, wear at home. So I'm like, what are some of the pieces that I could adapt or that any woman listening right now should or maybe could look into investing in that are classic pieces that, you know, because for me, I don't like spending a ton on wardrobe. I like to have pieces that I can keep and use and kind of mix and match and kind of keep, but they have to be pieces that are like essential Sure, sure. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's, a, that's a wonderful question. I think that um, when it comes to investing in your wardrobe, I, I definitely believe in quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. Instead of having 10 low quality pairs of jeans, it's better to have just two that are yeah. going to be a great fit. And Agreed. they'll last you, you know, several years of wash and wear. So mm -hmm. in terms of some classic pieces, I'll, I'll definitely share with you five. 
Um, okay. One is a, a little black dress. It's just something that's so classic. You can easily transition it from day to night. Mm -hmm. um, you can wear it for work. You can wear it for a date. You can get so much wear out of just a, a simple black dress. <clears throat> the second thing I would recommend is a white either button-up blouse or pullover blouse, but something that is a, a softer material, not necessarily cotton, but mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit dressier that you can transition. This is another piece that's so pretty versatile, so you can wear, you know, for example, a white You can wear a white button-up shirt with a pair of jeans, or you could wear it with a pencil skirt, and it would still, you know, very be very easy to pull together and, and coordinate with different outfits. Um, the third piece would be a trench coat, and this is just a, a classic, you know, khaki or camel-colored trench coat. It's really great to wear throughout the year as the weather is transitioning, um, and it's a, a wonderful layer that can easily be dressed up or down. Um, and it's also just another really classic piece to have that every woman should definitely own. Um, fourth is a pair of closed toe pumps. Now, I would recommend either black, navy, or nude based on the colors that you have in your wardrobe. But one of those three colors will easily coordinate with pretty much anything that you have, right? So if you get a, a pair of black closed-toed pumps, you can wear that with anything. Right. Um, and what I find is that women now are, are starting to wear a lot more peep-toe styles, which is fine. But, um, you know, peep-toe styles are not necessarily always appropriate in certain professional environments. So it's always good to have at least one pair of closed-toed black pumps. Um, and then last but not least is, um, you know, a structured leather handbag. And so the style could be based on your personal preference, whether you prefer a satchel or a tote or a hobo style, but having a, a leather structured handbag will help you to make any look um, just a little bit more elevated and pulled together and polished. <laughs> Perfect. Now, as you're going through that list, I'm like, I own one of those things. <laughs> so, okay, I need to start investing. <laughs> It's funny. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, no. And I think, you know, one that I could like actually picture the things in my mind as you were talking through them, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I could see how that white blouse would be so perfect for so many scenarios. So I'm like, Oh, if I would have had that for my Nashville trip, it would have been perfect. So I agree with you. Those are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. It's all about versatility. <laughs> it is. It is. It's totally just about being versatile 100%. Now, um, one last question I do have for you is what is the best investment a woman can make for themselves for the long term? And this could be, you know, wardrobe wise, but it could also be internal, external, whatever you choose. But what is like in your mind as the CEO of the modern lady, what would you say is the number one thing that a woman should invest in? I love this question. And I believe that, um, I was reading a quote the other day that really put this together very nicely. And it was by um, Warren Buffett. And he said, the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. The more you learn, the more you'll earn. 
And I think it's just so incredibly powerful for women to invest in themselves because the truth is that women, we are connectors and we really do have so much power and influence over our communities, our families, people around us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to joke that, you know, men may think they're the ones calling the <laughs> shots, but usually it's the women behind the scenes actually getting everything done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, women really, it's, it's very easy to run full steam on empty. And a lot of us do it and it's not going to be sustainable for long-term results and long-term success. And so I would encourage a woman to invest in herself at the point that she feels that she needs it. And all of us will need it at some point. Um, You know, for someone like myself, because of the world that I'm in, in personal development and coaching, I'm constantly Mm -hmm. investing in myself. And so for me, it's, it's a continuous journey as I continue to evolve. But, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point when you just feel like you hit a wall and you're stuck, there is no shame in asking for help and in finding an expert, finding someone to help you get to the next level. And Mm -hmm. that could mean that you're hiring you know, a fitness coach. It could mean that you're hiring a stylist. It could mean that you're hiring someone to come in and help you just organize and simplify your, your home, your life, whatever it looks like. Investing in yourself is so incredibly powerful. And so many of us do not do it enough. Agreed. 100% to that. Cause it's, it's the one area I have found that has helped, um, you know, in our professional life, in our personal life is, you know, my business partner and I, we invest in coaches. We, I invest in trainers. Like I have a trainer, I have a meal plan person. I have cleaners that come and take care of my home because it's the time investment, right? It's, it's like honoring my time, honoring myself, knowing that I need this time to be able to focus on other things. And so it's like knowing what you need in the moment to be able to support you the best is, is what's going to help you be focused on what it is that you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve. So I agree with you 100% on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to understand the value of ourselves and the value of our time and, you know, just honor that. Like you said, I love it. Yeah. No, perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I mean, you know, I do, we talked about this before we even started this interview that we're going to have to set up another one. So we definitely will, because I feel like I have so many other questions in regards to living the lifestyle of a modern lady. I really want to understand it more and I want to start implementing more. So we'll definitely have to set that up. But in the meantime, why don't you tell our listeners how they could find out more about you and about um, your coaching opportunities? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to the opportunity to come back again, Amanda. Mm -hmm. So for your audience to find me, the best way to come across my coaching program and also my latest book, Je ne sais quoi, is on my website, which is themodernlady.com. I'm also on YouTube at The Modern Lady. Those are the two easiest, quickest ways to find everything about what I am doing to help women elevate their lives with confidence, class, and charisma. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, we'll definitely be in touch. And I'm going to go online right now and find myself a new white button up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me, Amanda. It was my pleasure. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. If you love the show, we would love if you could head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review to help spread the Fitchicks love. We release a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday, so please be sure to subscribe so that you never miss out.